0: This is the On All Cylinders podcast, powered by Summit Racing. Your host for today is Summit Racing's Paul Sokolis, with special guest Bill Martin's from Chevrolet Performance. Here we go. Hi there, welcome to another edition of the On All Cylinders podcast, powered by Summit Racing. And in 1980s TV sitcom parlance, we've got a very special episode today. That's because we're doing this one in conjunction with Summit Racing's Performance Parts Expo. And joining me is Bill Martins from Chevrolet Performance Marketing. He's got some big news to tell us about, and I mean that literally as in big block. Bill, welcome to the show, and uh, what do you got to tell us about?
1: Uh, Paul, I'm glad glad that uh, you found some time in your busy schedule to let me share with you some exciting news that we're going to have at SEMA. A little play on words, and you hit it right on the head. Uh, we've got the uh, the biggest news that we've had in a really long time at Chevrolet Performance that we're introducing a 632 normally aspirated V8. Now, that's not the first time the listeners have probably heard that, but you haven't seen one like this. This has been a long time in the design and development in performance engineering, and we've refined the 632 to a point that I find it to be uh, quite impressive. It's a 632 cubic inch, big block engine, maintains the same uh, series bore and stroke, if you will, as other combinations, 4600 bore, 4750 stroke. And that is by far the largest. Our previous largest engine was a 572. So we take that out a little bigger and a little longer stroke, and we've got a 632, and that uh is a normally aspirated engine. The impressive part I haven't even mentioned yet is that we have a, a certified 1004 horsepower, 1,004 horsepower with 876 pound feet of torque. This is a bad boy, and this is our biggest, baddest big block. I can't put any more B's in there, I won't be able to say it ever. And um what we did and what makes this engine unique is that it is a fuel injected engine. It's the first of our uh, big blocks with modern port fuel injection, as well as a crank triggered ignition system. Now the amazing thing to me, and if you grew up back in a certain era like I did, you couldn't run high compression you know with a pump gas, street uh, pump gas, even premium. Well, because of the technology and electronics associated around the fuel injection, as well as the crank-triggered ignition, we're able to run a 12-to-1 compression with 93 pump gas and still maintain a streetable package. So I think that's awesome. We named the engine a ZZ632-1000 just because it kind of rolls off the tongue. But the actual certified engineered power is 1004 which in these days, that's a pretty big number for a normally aspirated
0: engine. Uh, Bill, that's a pretty good number for a forced induction engine. Well,
1: you know, 1,000, when I was growing up, uh, 400 was a really nice engine. 500 was a real beast. Well, today, you know, all bets are off. The ante is so much higher now. And we see headlines all the time about 1,000 horsepower. I mean, we made 1,000 horsepower with our Hummer EV, for heaven's sakes. Totally different animal, but the 1,000 number is out there. We did a 1,000-horsepower twin-turbo LS9 just to show what the, uh, the the foundation of that LS9 could be, uh, how it could be manipulated, if you will, to make big power. And so a 1,000 is not that unique, but to do it normally aspirated, I think, is. So uh, we're pretty pleased that we got there. And, uh, you know, it didn't happen overnight, And uh, besides the EFI, uh, there is a real contributing uh, factor, which I haven't mentioned. And this, although it's the conventional design big block, this engine has all new cylinder heads. And we're calling them the RS-X, RSX cylinder heads. There's a little connection there to a former uh, Chevrolet performance engineer His name was Ron Sperry, and Ron was with uh, Performance Engineering for many years responsible for a lot of the NASCAR projects and drag racing projects in days past. And Ron had designed this incredible splayed port big block head that was going to be used in pro stock back in the day when they went from a production block and they were just transitioning to the 500 cubic inch uh, uh, DCRE block. And this design really never, it was kind of an interim thing and never got used. So what we did for this engine is we brought Ron back to the table and said, don't leave until you can uh, get us a street head that is uh, going to produce some big numbers. So we did that. He, uh, he did that. The uh, the cylinder head is an uh, incredible uh, flowing piece and of course the manifold was designed to match these and they are as i said they are a splayed port so they don't look like the conventional uh big block uh, when you first look at them for example they they have 2.45 titanium intake and 1.8 uh titanium exhaust 516 stem on both so they flow a ton of air it uses a uh, a large uh, throttle body. It uses a PFI top mount throttle body, uh, 4500 series. So uh, this baby is a big, big air pump, and uh, we put a pretty pretty healthy cam to, to make all this happen. It's a 270-285 duration cam with a 780-782 lift. So. Uh, it, it moves a lot of air and fuel through this pump to get to those horsepower numbers.
0: Okay, going back to the cylinder heads just for a moment, uh, this is a symmetrical port design? It is. It is. The
1: uh, symmetrical port allows the, you know, the design to just about put your fist down through the port right to the piston top. So it really takes away some of the design inefficiencies, if you will, in the original uh, big block cylinder head. And uh, it is unique. Uh, it's, it's got, right now, we only have the, the one high-rise four-barrel intake for it. Uh, eventually, I think we've got a couple other designs in development. So uh, stay tuned on that. But for the launch, we just have the one uh, high-rise conventional spider-type intake.
0: Speaking of intakes, uh, let's talk about fuel delivery. Because I'm sure when a lot of people hear that 12 to 1 compression number, they might immediately begin thinking, okay, well, this thing might have direct injection but that's not the case and you alluded to this earlier it's got port injection right yeah it
1: is a port fuel injection and I, I it runs a conventional uh top mount if you will throttle body looks like a carburetor from a distance but the it is a port fuel injection and the controller uh it's no secret that we use the uh holly uh controller to manage that system so uh the the cal, of course is uh Uh, dialed in from in the crate, so to speak. So it's turnkey right out of the box. Uh, I'm not a tuner. I can't give you the engineering, you know, explanation behind that ability, but they can control the air fuel spark mixture so close that they're able to ward off any detonation that you might normally expect with that kind of compression. And even with the uh, 93 octane fuel we haven't done any other development with fuels. We've ran 110 in it on the dyno, and, of course, it likes that as well. But we wanted, we really wanted to have a pump gas engine when this was all done. So quite a hurdle that we had to jump to make that number and do it with 93 pump. Now, in some parts of the country, uh, I know that your listeners are going to say, oh, man, we don't have 93 pump, uh, and 91 is common in some areas. We're lucky, I guess, in that aspect. We do have 93 here. And then uh, there's some other lower grade, uh, around 100 octane in race gas that would be just fine. But I just want to emphasize that the numbers that we're talking about were on 93 pump. 91, we haven't really done enough. To, I, I don't want to go there just yet as to what dialing back the tune would have to be on 91. But again, we're trying to make these numbers
0: and to do it without any damage to the engine. And that's really what's amazing to me. I mean, certainly when you look at the spec sheet for this engine, the 1,000 horsepower number is going to draw your eye. But uh, what really leapt off the page is the 12 to 1 compression ratio on pump gas and and what kind of mechanical magic you had to do to to, to pull that off.
1: It's just a whole recipe, a whole combination of things uh, that are different about this. I mentioned the camshaft numbers, which are pretty stout, but it does um, also... This engine incorporates an individual shaft mount rocker system, and these are 1.8. So combined with that camshaft, uh, the the conventional big block rocker ratio is 1.7. These are 1.8. So again, we're packing a lot of fuel in that cylinder.
0: Before we move on, uh, I want to draw the conversation back to something you said just a moment ago about the various octanes and fuel you were running it on. Did you ever get a chance to run this thing on E85?
1: We, we talked about that actually just this week. Uh, I, I think that, yes, uh, we, we made our development goal. And now the job is, you know, I guess the task at hand is we have to build and deliver engines. So um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we're no different than anybody else in the world today that, you know, we're restricted by a lot of supply chain issues. So um, uh, we're going to start building this new engine in uh, right after the show early December, uh, with the expectation that we'll have engines in the marketplace out around the, just shortly after the first of the year. I would imagine that as as we go through different iterations and work on different manifold designs, we'll also do some uh, E85 exploration because uh, I'm sure most of the listeners are aware that uh, I believe that's over 100 octane. So there, there could be a good solution still at the pump on that. Uh, but the the one thing this engine comes with a two year uh, fifty thousand warranty, just like our other uh, products, so we have to be able to stand behind it.
0: Yeah, I just had to ask that E eighty five question because you know the minute this ZZ six thirty two gets out into into the wild, so to speak, the builders, racers, and tuners out there are gonna are gonna try it.
1: I have no reason to think it won't run just fine. It's just that I, I can't speculate on what we might see. I I have my own. Feelings that I think it'd be pretty impressive. I think it would be really good numbers out there. We just didn't, uh, in, our, in our quest to get everything to market, uh, we didn't have time to run alternate testing on that.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of excited myself to see what kind of numbers uh, people will be able to make when they start running those higher octanes. But let's take a step back and get a little bit more philosophical here. Um, why did Chevrolet Performance decide to stick with a naturally aspirated big block engine here? when it seems like a lot of the performance world is starting to steer more and more towards forced induction like turbocharging or supercharging?
1: Well, I think that we at probably, uh, everybody has um, goals. And as the designer of the original bowtie portfolio, we have a stake in all three families, the small block, the LSLT family, and now, and of course, the big block. And as the originator and the designer of each one of those, we feel we kind of have an obligation to get to the the pinnacle of the development of each family. Well, the last few years, the uh, LS and and now LT engines have proven uh, to be quite efficient and quite capable of delivering big power uh, with power adders. And from a heritage standpoint, there's an awful lot of uh, folks of a certain age out there Uh, that still have muscle cars, that still have swapped out hot rods that have big blocks because there's no replacement for displacement, right? And uh, in in this case, we felt that that the big block had kind of needed a little bit of love, uh, maybe is the easiest way of saying it. And we felt there was an option uh, available to us that most people couldn't uh, take advantage of or couldn't spend the time, the, the, the return on investment to develop this is just not available to a lot of smaller aftermarket companies. So uh, we thought that uh, what we've learned with late model engines and cylinder head development, we just applied some of that technology along with the uh, electronic ignition controls. So basically it boils down to we're able to optimize this engine. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, we'll probably find out more as we develop other manifold combinations we know it'll make $1,000 and uh, I think for today's bragging rights, uh, we're in a good place.
0: Well, that leads me to my next question. Uh, you mentioned just a few seconds ago Chevrolet Performance has a desire to reach the pinnacle of performance for each of the engine platforms, LSLT, small block, and big block. Does the ZZ632 represent kind of like the last hurrah, the pinnacle of Chevy big block performance from the factory?
1: Well, that probably would be a little presumptuous of me to say that because, frankly, who would have thought we'd ever do this? <laughs> you know, a lot of people thought we'd probably given up at the 572. Uh, this has been kind of a personal goal of mine for several years. We, we have to work within the limitations, the physical limitations of the, of the block and the uh, rotating assembly. So I don't see, you know, we're not going to go to a billet block you know, we're not going to do that uh, 900 cubic inch, you know, moving cylinders around. We're not going there. We wanted to go with the basic architecture and optimize it. So, again, taking the tools that we had, I, I think that was our goal. And and frankly, we've achieved it. So to answer your question, uh, Paul, I, I don't see that uh, I, my cloudy crystal ball doesn't see this going, you know, any bigger Rather, I would expect more refinement. You know, uh, we introduced about 30 days ago, we introduced, this is the second big block announcement we've had this summer. We announced that we have a 572 Copo engine for our Camaro uh, factory stock Copo. So that was the first hint that the big block was back. And for those of us of a certain age, the original Camaro with the big block was pretty cool. Uh, That was the ultimate back in the 67, 68 era. And here we are, fast forward to uh, a Copo car that now has a big block in it. So the 572 uh, with, again, modern technology, modern ignition, uh, port fuel injection, snorkel type intake, that's going to be out on the racetracks of America this coming year. Uh, When we announced that, we immediately got orders. Uh, I mean, literally the ink wasn't dry and we we started getting orders for 572 Copo cars, so that was really encouraging. Uh, this was well well under development. This engine and the 632 has been uh, under development for a long time, as you might imagine, because it was an all new cylinder head, new intake, and all that takes uh, quite a bit of uh, development time. So circling back around to your question, I, I don't know where we'll how far we'll take the development of this again, because we typically have to stand behind this to a warranty level that most aftermarket people don't. So with that in mind, we're not going to take it to the razor's edge, if you will. But um, I think we've got a good start.
0: I think 1,000 uh, a, a horsepower uh, will satisfy an awful lot of folks out there. Yeah, if you got to plant a flag, 1,000 horsepower is not a bad mountain to put it in.
1: You know, it's not bad. And it is a big engine. I'll, I'll uh, not shy away from that. We'll have the dimensions on it. I, you know, I, in the quest to get things done, I don't have the exact dimensions. But it takes a pretty tall scoop to fit under the uh, hood of a Camaro to get this, uh, get this bad boy there, uh, with the even with the throttle body. But we'll, we'll be able to knock a little height off of that with some intake development and uh, possibly even some uh, uh, oil pan development. This does have a uh, steel eight quart pan on it. So, uh, you know, there's nothing real exotic or or foreign about that. Of course, the internals are all forged, uh, forged crank uh, rods, 4340 uh, crank, of course. So those are all familiar parts, and I'm sure the aftermarket's going to embrace this. The other cool thing about this engine I didn't mention is that the the ignition, excuse me, is very unique. Uh, We took advantage of the tall deck design and put the ignition coils underneath the manifold they're in the valley of the engine so there's a purpose designed tray if you will for the tall deck and you put all eight coils tucked neatly away under there and it makes for a very very clean sanitary package Uh, we're also we have developed a design for standard deck engines we'll have the same uh tool the same coil near plug tray to put the coils in the valley of standard decks as well, so I think between the cylinder head development or taking the new heads on uh, uh, current blocks, uh, really is going to open some opportunities up out there for for the old big block fans.
0: Oh, that really is cool! Tucking the uh, the ignition coils in the valley like that, which makes me think of the folks that LS swap their like '60s era Chevelle or Camaro. You know, you pop that hood, you see those coil packs, you immediately think, "Oh yeah, I got an LS swap in here." But for folks wanting to pull off like an old school aesthetic, that might uh, that might be a pretty handy feature.
1: Well, I mean, you, if you want to think about that, uh, you know, it has no distributor, of course. Uh, it has a uh, converted uh, 58X on the front cam gear. So uh, you'd have to do several things to kind of fake that. But I'm sure somebody will. But uh, we've got an all new set of valve covers, uh, which is also going to be available for some of the other big block engines, some die cast uh, 632 covers that leave no doubt about what this engine is. So um, very distinctive, like everything. Not for everybody, but if you want to make a statement, this is going to be the tool to use.
0: You talked briefly on on engine fitment, given the size of the block and the height of the manifold. And you also talked about the uh, redesigned cylinder heads, which makes me kind of wonder about headers. Will like off-the-shelf big block Chevy headers bolt right up? Well, they use the standard, uh, standard exhaust exhaust, ports, if
1: you will. So from that aspect, yes, it uses a conventional header uh, flange pattern. But uh, I, I would point out that the tall deck uh, does tend to make some fitment issues in, in quite a number of cars. Uh, I was involved with a 572 project, which is a tall deck some years ago, and we put it in a 70 Chevelle. And uh, it does create some challenges with that tall deck as far as running into brake boosters, and uh, uh, there was even an air conditioning interference if somebody wants to run that. Although I doubt there'll be too many air conditioners run with the 632, but uh, it uses a conventional flange tall deck uh, system.
0: Oh, oh my gosh, we completely forgot to talk about one of the coolest parts about this engine. You mentioned air conditioning, which makes me think of like air conditioning compressors and pulley speed, which also gets me thinking about engine speed. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that uh, the ZZ632 has a 7,000 RPM red line, correct? It does. It does.
1: Pretty, pretty impressive. You know, I think uh, combined the uh, shaft mount rockers combined with titanium valves, You know, all those things add up to increased ability to, uh, to hit those RPMs. But uh, we do ask for a 7,000 limit. We develop peak power at 6,600. So we hear some phenomenal RPMs now these days in some of the racing big blocks. Uh, but again, we design a package that's going to have to live. It's built for more than just a couple of quick passes down the, uh, uh, down the back lot. You know, it's, it's built for uh, longevity. So, yeah, we, we've built it. Uh, I didn't mention, but it does have a uh, hydraulic ruler. It is a hydraulic. It is not a solid lifter roller. It is a hydraulic. So with that in mind, uh, 7,000 RPM is what we uh, have as a red line.
0: I mean, I just love the fact that here we are talking about a 632 cubic inch big block cranking out 1,000 horsepower at close to 7,000 RPM. And yet our conversation still includes topics like reliability and, and warranty coverage. I mean, right? What a time to be a gearhead. Oh, it's it's
1: just incredible. You know, we test uh, Chevrolet performance. And Chevrolet racing tests like none other. That's why we're a little—I don't want to say slow to market—but we make sure that we've got our development ducks in a row. The performance at this level does not come automatically. So we learned a couple things and had to make some adjustments because of that. So we're we're in a comfortable place now. I think uh, listeners and the ultimate users of this engine will be very, very pleased with the uh, life that they see out of this engine.
0: Speaking of which, and I know you mentioned it earlier in this conversation, but it it certainly bears repeating because it's impressive. Can you just talk a bit more about the warranty coverage?
1: Sure, like the rest of our uh, crate engines, it's a 24 month or 50,000 mile warranty, uh, whichever comes first. Now, these are not gonna be most likely high mileage engines. Uh, So probably the 24 month but uh, basically, that covers uh, in any uh, type of failure alluded to the uh, design and operation of the engine.
0: Now, we've talked a lot about uh, this engine's performance and capabilities, but just from a brass tax perspective, if someone buys this, what all do they get? What what all comes with this engine?
1: Uh, it does come complete uh, with the throttle body. It does not come with the air cleaner assembly. Some of the photos that you see have a beautiful orange uh, die-cast air cleaner that is an option that is not packaged with the uh, with the engine, but it is available. Uh, the engine does not come with a flex plate or flywheel. We don't know what you're going to use for uh, transmission behind this yet. Nonetheless, uh, rather than put a part on there that might not be useful to you, we left that off. So no flywheel. Uh, or uh, flex plate on the engine.
0: Speaking of which, is uh, Chevrolet Performance working on a transmission that's designed to mate up to this uh, ZZ632 1,000-horsepower uh, big block?
1: We are in development of a transmission based on our 4L series to stand up behind the torque of this uh, beast. As most of the listeners know, the, the limitation in most drivetrains is the amount of torque that a transmission will absorb. And it's not infinite. We have a transmission uh, that we've put together that's in testing right now that uh, we think is going to be strong enough, if you will, to handle the 876-plus pound-feet of torque. But uh, it's not validated just yet. We have it in a couple test vehicles. For example, the 6 and 8 speeds, they're rated at, uh, I think, 650-plus and so, uh, uh, that's a pretty stout transmission to get up to, you know, that 875, uh, pound feet range, but, uh, uh, stay tuned on that. We should have an announcement very shortly on the torque rating. Uh, it, again, the one that we're working with, it's a 4L75E with an R. So we already have the 75E and the R rating just takes it up another notch, but, uh, uh, we're not able to 100% validate that before this uh, broadcast.
0: And while we're kind of on the subject, uh, since we didn't really cover it, is it is it correct to say that this has the uh, traditional big block Chevy bell housing bolt pattern?
1: It does. It has uh, a conventional big block motor mounts. The bell is a conventional uh, Mark V, Mark VI uh, bell pattern. And um, the, the only thing I would say is that the, the valve covers, even though they have the conventional big block pattern the heads are much taller Uh, so they'll fit but um, it's going to be interesting to see what different configurations uh, somebody may come up with a sheet metal cover I fully expect something like that we have no plans to do that right now but um, yeah everything uh, water pump we use a uh, ATI SFI rated uh, balancer on this engine and the oil pan of course it's not a spread rail; it's conventional, conventional oil pan. So the short answer to your questions is yes, it is conventional big block uh, patterns.
0: So, and I know we've talked about this earlier in this conversation, but uh, I, I kind of want to cover the topic again. You know, supply chain be darned. Um, when will the ZZ632 start finding its way into the hands of uh, racers and builders?
1: The the plan is we're ready to go into uh, production right following the SEMA show. So mid-November range, we're going to start production. Obviously, this is a lower-volume engine, and uh, as such, uh, is a hand-built by GM Racing. So, it is the uh, kid-glove approach to engine building. Uh, we expect those to be shipped to our performance dealers. The engines, are all the GM performance engines, Chevrolet performance, go through a network of dealers. So that supply chain will start ramping up and I expect them to be out in the wild, so to speak, by uh, the first ones to start showing up in mid-January.
0: And I know I'm not the only one who's excited to see what this uh, new ZZ632 crate engine is going to do in a track car on the quarter mile.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: And uh, with that, I think that puts the wraps on this very special episode of the On All Cylinders podcast as we did it in conjunction with Summit Racing's Performance Parts Expo. We've been talking with Bill Martins from Chevrolet Performance as he's told us all about uh, the new specs and features on this ZZ632 crate engine. And in case you weren't paying attention, this is the crate motor making over a thousand horsepower at 6,600 RPM, and it's doing it at 12 to 1 compression on pump gas. So yeah, kind of a big deal. (laughs) Thanks again, Bill, for taking the time to talk with us. And can't wait to see this beast on the track. All right. Very good. See you, Paul. Bye-bye. This has been the On All Cylinders podcast.
1: Powered by Summit Racing.
0: Check out new episodes coming soon at onallcylinders.com. onallcylinders.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.